All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? It's a hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. It's 2018, we just got through with uh, Halloween, I hope you enjoyed that. We have the vote coming up, well, let's make sure we all get out there and vote and pick the candidates that we think would do the best job for our country. And now let's get into the show. The Jack Benny Show starts us off with 4 o'clock in the morning episode. It's... Um, a really uh, solid episode that features a lot of the cast members, uh, great comedy going on throughout. I think that's probably why Jack chose to both do it live, and then he did it again. Uh, he did it live on his television show a few years from now, and then he also would do it again filmed, I believe. So I think he's this is episode's been done three different times, once for radio, twice for television. So Jack must have really enjoyed the show. After that episode, we have the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show, I think they knew they were going into their final year because they do some things they've never done before. In this episode, they go back in time and we get a chance to see how Phil and Alice met, which is pretty cool. And you get a chance to hear Phil sing That's What I Like About the South, the song he's really known for. Just a fun episode overall. And then after that, we have the Jack Benny show where he does uh, he looks in, and does a spoof of Brazil, which was a film that was out at the time. Uh, not a film that's widely known by a lot of people. So uh, what I like when Jack does a film is sometimes he'll do a film that's that's very famous, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Other times the films will be ones that you haven't seen. And by getting Jack's take on them, enough of the flavor of the film comes through that you can say, oh, that's something I think I'd like to try and check out and find on YouTube or find wherever you want and uh, experience this movie. You wouldn't have thought about any other way. So it's Jack's... Pretty awesome guy. Pretty awesome show. Uh, the other thing about tonight is it features Arthur Q. Bryan, who is the voice of Elmer Fudd, and you can always kind of hear Elmer Fudd within his characterizations. And he was on the show six different times over the course of the show's run. This is his second appearance. He appeared in 1941. This appearance would go so well that Jack will have him back in a couple weeks. And Jack likes to do that. Jack likes to take someone that, that comes on the show gives it a little spark, and then bring back that person a few weeks later to kind of echo that piece. I mean, Jack and his writing, the way and the way his writers wrote, the way that the jokes will come back again, they echo, they they travel forward, they go backwards. I mean, um, just if if someone was to be able to want to write a great comedy series today, and they look back at the Jack Benny show as a template for that. They couldn't go far wrong with that. Certainly, I think the Seinfeld show did a lot of that and was kind of just, uh, in some ways, an update of the Jack Benny show, uh, which is pretty kind of cool the way <laughs> the way they did some of that. Um, but anyway, without further ado, here are three fantastic episodes of the Jack Benny show, and I hope you're going to enjoy all three of them. Um, well, two episodes of the Jack Benny show, one episode of Phil Harris. Uh, and we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother.
Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. This is Don Wilson. Friends, you may remember that last year a survey was made in leading colleges from coast to coast. This was a survey of smokers, and it showed that Lucky's were the favorite cigarette in those colleges. Yes, Lucky's were number one. This year, another nationwide survey was made, a representative survey of all students in regular colleges coast to coast. Based on thousands of actual student interviews, this survey shows that Lucky's lead again. Lead over all other brands, regular or king size, and by a wide margin. These students were asked why they smoked Lucky's. The number one reason given this year, just as last, was Lucky's better taste. After all, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. They taste better because they're made of fine, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco. And because they're made better. That's why we're asking you to be happy, go lucky. Get yourself a carton of Lucky's the first chance you have. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, yours truly, Tom Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's house in Beverly Hills. Now, the reason I'm keeping my voice down is because it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and I don't want to disturb our little star, who at the moment is sound asleep. a phone. Who would be calling me in the middle of the night? Must be an emergency. It's four o'clock in the morning. Maybe somebody's sick, Dennis or Mary. I better answer it. Where are my slippers? Oh, there they are. Coming, coming. Gee, I hope they don't hang up. Hello? This is Hank, the all-night disc jockey. (laughs) If you tied spaghetti end-to-end, how many pounds would it take to go around the world? (laughs) What? If you answer the question correctly, you'll win two glorious weeks at Pismo Beach. Now, wait a minute. It's four o'clock in the morning. That answer is incorrect. Goodbye. How do you like that? 
He hung up on me. Well, he's not going to get away with that. Operator, operator. Number, please. Operator, would you please get me Hank, the disc jockey? At four o'clock in the morning? Are you crazy? What? If I were you, buddy, I'd crawl out of that phone booth, get a cup of black coffee, and go home. <laughs> go home? If you don't, you'll hate yourself in the morning. Oh, yeah, well, you're just a smart aleck. Let me talk to the head telephone operator. I'm sorry, but the head telephone operator is busy. Then let me talk to the supervisor. The supervisor isn't in. Would you like to talk to Alexander Graham Bell? <laughs> Look, I only want... Oh, never mind. Josh, I'm so mad now, I'll never get back to sleep. Imagine being wakened by a silly disc jockey at four o'clock in the morning. Sorry I answered it. Should have let it ring and ring it. Hey, wait a minute. Why didn't Rochester answer the phone? He couldn't have been that sound asleep. I'm going to find out. Rochester, why didn't you... Hmm, he's not here. His bed hasn't been slept in. 25 after 4, and he's not home yet. Well, I'm going back to bed. In the morning, I'm going to tell him a thing or... Uh-oh. There's the front door. Just as I thought. It's Rochester. Look at him sneaking into the house. <laughs> hmm, he's taken off his shoes. Now he's tiptoeing across the living room. Well, I'd like to see him get out of this. Oh, Rochester! Yes, boy! What are you doing up on your toes? I'm dancing the minuet! <laughs> what? Dum dum dilly dum dum dilly dum dum dilly dum I know the music! I know the music! Rochester, what's the idea of coming in at four o'clock in the morning? Coming in? I saw you open the front door and come in. Oh, oh, that! Well, last night the club I belonged to had a social gathering and the president had intentions of breaking it up at 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock, eh? If that was his intention, what happened? At 9.30, we elected a new president. <laughs> I thought so. Now, now, I'm going back to bed. I'll talk to you about this in the morning. Now, go to your room. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night, good night. Hope I can fall back to sleep. Can't get over that disc jockey. There ought to be a law against doing a thing like that. Hmm. Now that I've been up a little while, I don't feel sleepy. Matter of fact, I feel good. A lot of people get up early in the morning. Some of them even take long walks before breakfast. They say it keeps them healthy. Maybe that's what I need, more exercise. I notice lately that when I tell people I'm 39, some of them don't believe it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get dressed and take a nice long walk. I think I'll call Mary and ask her if she'd like to go with me. This is Jack. Jack? 
Jack, what's the matter? Nothing, Mary. I just called Ash if you'd like to go for a walk with me. Walk? Jack, what time is it? 20 minutes to five. 20 minutes to five? Yes, Mary. I figured if we walked down Wilshire Boulevard and headed east, you see, we can see uh, the sunrise. Uh, Jack. What is it, Mary? Let me talk to the man. <laughs> What man? The man in the white coat. There must be one of them with you. <laughs> Mary, I'm not crazy. Well, you must be something. Calling me up to go for a walk at five o'clock in the morning. I told him to get a cup of black coffee and go home. Operator, get off the line. <laughs> this is none of your business. Now, Mary, if you'll get dressed, I'll be right over and... How do you like that? She hung up. Oh, well. I don't care what Mary thinks. I made up my mind to go out for a walk, and that's what I'm going to do. Gosh, I've never been out so early in the morning. The sun hasn't come up yet. The air is so nice and brisk. Hmm, here comes the street cleaner. Good morning, mister. Good morning, Mac. I can see now why the streets of Beverly Hills are so clean. Thanks, Mac, but that's what I get paid for. I pick up papers, leaves, rubbish. Anything I find lying in the street, I pick up and put in this barrel. And then I take it over to the city dump, and I... Hey, wait a minute, Mac. You can't take nothing out of that barrel. But he's a friend of mine. Remley! <laughs> Wake up. Hey, you really know him? Certainly, that's Frank Remley. He leads the orchestra at the Cinegrill. <laughs> yeah, that's where I found him laying in front of. <laughs> well, did you have a lot of trouble getting him into the barrel? Oh, I didn't put him in a barrel. You see, we street cleaners all go by numbers. Uh-huh. The number on my barrel is 102, and when he saw that, he dived right in. <laughs> That's his favorite beer. That and 101 others. <laughs> anyway, it serves him right. Take him to the city dump. I did that yesterday and they refused them. <laughs> What's try... <laughs> well, try again. Okay, so long, Mac. So long, so long. Gosh. Since, since Remley's become a celebrity, things are really different. Now they pick him up. They used to sweep around him. <laughs> I can't understand why Mary didn't want to take a walk with me. She had 5.30 in the morning. You see things so differently. After the sun comes up, I'm going to walk back home and eat a nice big breakfast. <laughs> Gosh, I just can't get over it. Me, Jack Benny, walking the streets at this hour of the morning. Things sure look different. And quiet, too. Just a few people here and there on their way to work. I bet this fellow walking behind me would be surprised to find out that 
he was walking on the same side of the street with a star of stage, screen, radio, and television. I beg your pardon, but may I have your autograph? Oh, oh, you recognize me. No, I heard you talking to yourself. Gosh, this is embarrassing. You must have thought I was egotistical. I thought you were nuts. Look, mister, do you or don't you want Oh, my... I'm sorry, mister. I've got to catch a bus. Excuse me. What a smart Alec. I hope he misses it. Oh, well. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. Hmm. Look at that tin can on the sidewalk there. A kiss may be grand, but it won't pay the rental On your humble flat or help you at the automat Whoops, it went out in the street <laughs> See, I remember when I was a kid, I used to kick a rock all the way to school They didn't have tin cans in those days <laughs> Look at the picture they're showing at this theater. From here to eternity. She at 5.30 in the morning, a theater looks so empty. There isn't even a girl in the box office selling tickets. I've never seen a theater so empty. Yes, I have, but I don't want to think about it. <laughs> eh, I better start back home now. This walk has really worked up an appetite. Hey, Jack. Jack Benny. Bob! Bob Crosby. Well, Jack, the sun hasn't come up yet. What in the world are you doing out on the street? I'm just taking a little walk. But, Bob, where are you and Bagby and Fletch and Kimmy and Sammy the drummer driving to? Well, Jack, my boys in the band don't get much time for relaxation, so I'm taking them duck hunting. Oh, is that why you're wearing those red coats? Oh, certainly. That's a safety measure so the other hunters can see you. Hey, that's quite... Wait a minute. Only four of you are wearing the red coats. Well, I know. Bagby doesn't have one. Well, aren't you worried? No, piano players are a dime a dozen. <laughs> of Bagby's caliber, yes. <laughs> well, I do hope you bring back a lot of ducks. Oh, we can't miss. We got the most unusual decoy. I see. Now, when we get out to the lake, yeah. Sammy the drummer has agreed to wade out into the water until just his head sticks out. <laughs> well, what kind of a decoy is that? Sammy's head doesn't have any feathers. Well, I know. But the ducks will think it's an egg and they'll fly down and they'll sit on it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Then while the duck is sitting on Sammy's head, you'll all start shooting. Oh, not so loud, Jack. He doesn't know about that part of it. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, we better get started, Jack. It's a long drive to the High Sierras. High Sierras? Bob, you're heading in the wrong direction. Well, I know, but we got to go down to the city dump and pick up Remley. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, so long, Bob. So long, Jack. Hmm. Yeah, the day is starting to break. Well, I think I've walked enough. I'm getting a little tired, too. I better head for home. Ah, well, 
here I am back home. That sure was a long walk. I think I'll go right in and go to bed. Oh, darn it, I forgot my key. Gosh, my legs are so tired, I can hardly stand up. Don, what are you doing here? Oh, I brought the sportsman quartet over so you could hear the commercial. This early in the morning? Early in the morning? Why, it's a quarter to ten. Oh, my goodness, I really took a long walk. Boss, would you like some breakfast? I just made some dollar-sized pancakes. No, I'm too tired to eat. Put them back in the safe. I mean, refrigerator. <laughs> Look, Jack, how come you took such a long walk so early in the morning? Oh, some silly guy who calls himself Hank, the disc jockey, called me at 4 o'clock this morning. No kidding, Jack. Did he ask you if you tied spaghetti end-to-end how many pounds it would take to go around the world? Yes, Don. How did you know? I won $10 for sending in the question. <laughs> you? Don Wilson, oh, you... Oh, Jack, Jack, the sportsman in a hurry. How about listening to the commercial? Don, I'm too tired. I can hardly keep my eyes open. Oh, this won't take long. I hit it, fellas. You better wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up. Get up. Get out of bed. Cheer up. Sun, it's time that you were rising. fell asleep and didn't even hear it. Come on, fellas, let's go. Mr. Benny, shall I? Mm, look at him lying there on the couch, fast asleep. Mm, there's nothing in the room to cover him up with. Got to want him to catch cold. 
Maybe I better take it off his head and put it on his chest. <laughs> no, I'll just get a blanket out of it. Coming! Oh, good morning, Rochester. Oh, good morning, Miss Livingston. Come on in. Rochester, did you know that at 20 minutes to 5 this morning, Mr. Benny called me and asked me to go out for a walk? He did? Who does he think he is, Bernard McFadden? He will be in about four more years. Uh, where's Mr. Benny now? He's asleep on the couch in the living room. Well, I'm going in there and wake him up. Come on. Uh, Jack. Uh, Jack, wake up. Miss Livingston, why don't you pat his cheek? Yeah. Oh, Jack. Uh, Jack. What is it, Marilyn? <laughs> huh? What's everybody talking? Oh, it's you, Mary. What are you doing over here? What am I doing over here? Yesterday, you asked me to go with you to buy some new suits for your television shows. So come on, let's go. But, Mary, I'm too tired. Well, it's your own fault. Imagine getting up at four o'clock in the morning to take a walk. Well, don't blame me. Blame Hank, the all-night disc jockey. Jack, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is you made a date with me to go buy some new clothes. So put on your hat and come on. Look, Mary, I'm too tired. Anyway, my car isn't running. All right, we can take the bus right down to Hollywood. The bus? Oh, all right. <laughs> You see, Jack? It only took 12 minutes to get down here. Now, where's the clothing store you go to? Just around the corner. I don't know why we had to get on such a crowded bus. Had to stand all the way. I know. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You were so tired, instead of holding on to the strap, you just stuck your head through the loop and fell asleep. <laughs> What's funny about that? At the next stop, a man got on took one look at you dangling there and said, I know his last picture was bad, but somebody went too far. <laughs> Mary, he probably just said that for a gag. Then why'd you cut you down? I don't know. I'm too tired to argue with you. Here, here's the clothing store. Oh, God. Jack, stop yawning. I can't help it. So sleepy, I can hardly keep my eyes open. Well, this won't take long. Oh, here comes the salesman. How do you do? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, clerk, Mr. Benny wants to buy a new suit. Well, whether he wants to or not, he should. <laughs> Look, mister, I'd like to get home. I was up at 4 o'clock this morning, and I'm... Very up... well. I'm sure you'll like both our materials and price range. Price range? Yes, we have some beautiful suits at $28.75 and $29.50. Or would you prefer something cheaper? I didn't come in here for anything cheap. I'll take the $29.50. I'm proud of you, boy. Mary, please. Look, mister, how can you possibly afford to sell suits at such low prices? Oh, that's simple. You see, we have no costly fixtures. Oh, Hey, Charlie, pick up some of those suits off the floor and show them to Mr. Ben. <laughs> Look, never mind. I don't want those. You're very well. 
Hey, would you like to see something in a sport outfit? A sport outfit? Yes, that's when the coat and pants don't match. Oh. Now, if you're looking for a real bargain, I can show you a beautiful pair of sport pants. Sport pants? Yes, the legs don't match. <laughs> Mary, let's go home, will you? I'm tired. Oh, Jack, don't be so stubborn. If they don't have a suit to fit you, maybe they can make one to order. Say, hey, that's a brilliant idea. I'll go get some material. Look, mister, while you're gone, do you mind if I lie down on these chairs? Not at all. Jack, if you lie down, they won't be able to measure you. Oh, yes, we can. Our tailor used to work for Pierce Brothers. <laughs> I'll stand up. I'll stand up. Oh, I just happened to remember. Our tailor is off today. I'll have to fit you myself. Well, for heaven's sakes, get started. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> would you like me to measure your chest, or would you rather not know? <laughs> Mary, I've got to get some sleep. Let's go home. Jack, if you don't buy a suit now, you'll never buy one. Okay, okay. I'll take that blue one. But, Jack, it may not be your size. I don't care what size it is. I want to get some sleep. Now, how much is it? $29.50. Okay. Here's the money. Come on, Mary. I want to get home. Uh, 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 just a minute. Huh? We always like to check on our advertising. Did you come into our store because you saw our ad in the paper, or did you hear our program on the radio? Radio? Yes, we sponsor Hank, the all-night disc jockey. <laughs> Hank! The all-night? You... Jack! Jack, you're choking him! I don't care what I'm doing. Nobody's gonna wake me up at four o'clock in the morning and get away with... <coughs> Jack! Ladies and gentlemen, one of our greatest national hazards is fire. Tonight, through carelessness, a fire could start in your home and a life could be lost. Don't let it happen. Be on guard constantly against fire. Make sure every match, every cigarette is out before you discard it. Empty all ashtrays before leaving the house or going to bed. Observe all fire regulations. Don't give fire a place to start. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a minute. But first, remember the winner of the $25,000 Tamashana Golf Tournament, Lou Worsham? Here he is to get a word in wedge-wise. Hello, folks. The club that I have in my hand is a double-service wedge. You'll remember that I made one of the most lucrative shots that I have ever made with this club. During the Tamashana Tournament, I used this club at the last hole. From 115 or 20 yards away and made one of the luckiest shots of my whole life. Other golfers might have chosen an eight or a nine iron to play this shot. To me, the wedge has been one of my favorites. On that day, that was a lucky choice. And when it comes to cigarettes, my choice, luckies. They taste better. Lou Worsham is right. Smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, luckies taste better. Because Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and Luckies are made better. So be happy. Go Lucky. Ask for a carton of Lucky Strike. Are you comfortable, Mr. Benny? Yes, Rochester. You want another blanket? No, no, I'm perfectly comfortable. And look, I want to get a good long sleep, so no phone calls, no disturbances of any kind. 
Yes, sir. I hope you sleep well, boss. Thank you. good sleep. Ten full hours. I really feel great. But what am I going to do now? It, it's four o'clock in the morning again. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just have to take another walk. The Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. And I'll stay tuned for the Amos and Andy show, which follows immediately on the CBS Radio Network. Juliet had a Romeo. Aphrodite had her Paris. But just how lucky can you get? Here's the one and only Hera. <laughs> RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents the Bill Harris Alice Faye Show. Here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, transcribed, written by Ed James, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, John Hubbard, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp in his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Tonight's rare treat is called The Romance of Alice and Phil, or He Was Only a Curly-Haired Drummer, But He Beat His Way Into Her Heart. <laughs> First, here's a word from RCA Victor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's news of a modern torture chamber. At the RCA Victor Laboratories in Camden, New Jersey, electronic engineers put RCA Victor television sets through some of the most brutal tests ever devised. They've tested the famous RCA Victor 630 television chassis, America's first post-war table model, tested it day and night, week in and week out, for over four and one-half years. This RCA Victor set operated steadily from January 2nd, 1947 to July 31st, 1951. And the only service it required during that time was a replacement of three small tubes. Think of that. Over 40,000 hours of continuous playing time, the equivalent of 20 years of normal home viewing. What a record of dependability. It's clear proof that your RCA Victor television receiver can stand up for years and years and years. And yet, prices are as low as $189.95. See your dealer tomorrow for your RCA Victor set. It's television of outstanding dependability. Another reason why, every year, more people buy RCA Victor than any other television. (laughs) 
Stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Bill Harris. <laughs> Bill Harris and Alice Faye have been happily married for a great many years, and their love is as strong today as it was when first they met. Alice is madly in love with Phil, and Phil is madly in love with Phil. <laughs> You're a lovely thing, Harris Boy, how you can sing, Harris You've got everything, Harris You're modest, but it's true Oh, good morning, honey Good morning, Phil Hiya, Phyllis, how's my little girl? Good morning, Daddy Don't forget, eat your Wheaties and you'll grow up to look like Ralph Kiner (laughs) (laughs) And little Alice, how's my big girl today? Good morning, beautiful one (laughs) Well, you know something, little Alice? You're getting prettier all the time And smarter, too She wants you to fix her bicycle That isn't true My father's the handsomest man in the whole world Aren't you, Dad? Oh, I wouldn't say that (laughs) Of course, I do have my share of savoir-faire When I first met him, he didn't even have bus fare (laughs) Alice, that happens to be a very old joke Well, you used to ride a very old bus (laughs) All right, all right Hey, honey, what do you got for breakfast? Well, nothing for about ten minutes Gee, that just give you time to fix my bicycle. See, what did I tell you? All right, all right. Where's the bicycle, Matahari? It's in the garage. Well, let's see if we can fix it up. We'll be outside if you want us, honey. Oh, thanks, Dad. You're so wonderful. You're so clever and strong and handsome. And... Come on. Oh, she'll do all right, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, didn't Daddy really have bus fare when you met him? Oh, of course he did, honey. I was only joking. Mom, you know, Alice and I have been wondering for quite a while. How did you and Daddy first meet? Well, it it was really very simple. Uh, Would you like to hear about it? Gee, I sure would. Well, um, I had just finished a picture out at 20th Century Fox, and my leading man suggested that we celebrate. And in those days, that meant dancing at the famous Coconut Grove. So that's where we went. Hello, Michael Ah, good evening, Miss Faye Mr. Cooper How many in your party, please? Uh, just two My, it's quiet in here tonight, isn't it? Oui Business is, uh, well, business is, uh, how you say, stinking <laughs> Uh, how's the new band doing? Oh, fair, only fair. Uh, tell me, uh, this is the same Harry Barris who used to sing with Bing Crosby, isn't it? He Barris? Oh, his name isn't Barris, Miss Faye. It's Harris, Phil Harris. He's a young fellow. He's not too bad. Of course, he's no Guy Lombardo. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is he? Oh, he's the drummer, the curly-haired kid with the smile. Oh. The same as usual, Mr. Cooper. Uh, Michael, 
Yes, Miss Fay? Uh, Michael, I think he's coming over here. Well, I'd just send him away. We can't have no, him. No, no, no. Let him come. Might be very interesting. Well, as you say, madame. Good evening, Miss Fay. My, my name is, is Phil Harris. So Michael tells me. Gee, you'll never know what a thrill this is. I'm actually talking to Alice Fay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Harris, this is Mr. Cooper. Gary, this is Phil Harris. Oh, I'm glad to know you, Mr. Cooper. I go to see your pictures all the time. Yes, sir. I sure do. Yes, sir. Don't talk much, does it? <laughs> uh, it was nice talking to you, Mr. Harris. Well, look, Miss Fay, I... I... Well, I mean, I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm being fresh or nothing, but could, could I come out and see you make a picture? Well, You'd uh, never even know I'm there, honest, Miss Faye. I mean, uh, oh, could I please? Well, um, call me at the studio sometime, huh? Oh, oh thank you, Miss Faye. <laughs> so long, Mr. Cooper. I enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> Guys, wait till I ride home and tell my mother I met Alice Faye. What's the matter with this bicycle, Alice? Well, it's a chain. It won't move. Oh, oh, yeah, I see it now. Here it is. That sprocket there is all out of whack. Hey, hand me that screwdriver, will you? Okay. Dad? Yeah? Phyllis and I have been wondering for quite a while about you and Mother. What'd we do now? Nothing. We were just wondering how you met, that's all. How we met? Oh, kid, didn't I ever tell you that? Ooh, that was a night that was a night your mother will never forget. <laughs> yes, sirree. You see, I just opened at the famous Coconut Grove, and your mother came down there with some movie guy named Snub Pollard. <laughs> In those days, honey, I was smooth, suave, debonair, and on the loose. Oh, good evening, Miss Fade. Hello, Michael. My, the grove's really jumping tonight, isn't it? Oh, jumping? Why, we've never had such business. It's sensational. It's colossal. It's, it's Phil Harris, the new band leader. What a voice. What a personality. What a doll. <laughs> I tell you, Miss Faye, that curly-haired kid is the greatest thing since Clara Bow. <laughs> what a doll. Oh, wait till you hear him. You've never heard such talent. Oh, oh, here he comes. He's going to sing. Oh, 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 Miss Faye. <laughs> Miss Faye, you better sit down. We've had so many women oh, fainting when he's singing. Oh, oh he's, going to, he's going to start. Sit down, oh, please. Oh, if we could only keep him here forever. <laughs> Come with me to Alabama, let's go see my dear old mommy. She's frying eggs and broiling hominy. That's what I like about the South. Now 
there you can make no mistake where those nerves are never shaky hot to taste that layer cakey that's what i like about the south she's got baked ribs and candied yams those sugar cured virginia hams basement full of those berry jams and that's what i like about the south hot cornbread black eyed peas you can eat as much as you please cause it's never out of season that's what i like about the south ah, don't take one have two they're dark brown and chocolate too suits me they must suit you cause that's what i like about the south well, it's way, way down where the cane grows tall Down where they say you all Walk on in with that southern drawl Cause that's what I like about the South It's down where they have those pretty queens Keep a dreamin' Them dreamy dreams They see them chitlins in New Orleans That's what I like about the South Come old Bob with all the news, got the box back coat and button shoes, but he's all caught up with his union dues, and that's what I like about the South. Here come old Roy down the street, who oh, can't you hear those couple of feet? He would rather sleep than eat it, and that's what I like about the South. <laughs> Every time I pass your door, you act like you don't want me no more. Why don't you shake that head and sign? I'll go walking right on by. Gone on, on and on and on. Honey, when you tell me that you love me, then how come you close your eyes? Did I tell you about the place called Do I Did It? It ain't no town, it ain't no city that's awful small, but oh so pretty will do what did it. <laughs> I didn't come here to criticize, I'm not here to sympathize, but don't tell me those no good lies, cause a lying gal I do despise. You love me like I love you, send me 50, PDQ, rose are red and violets are pink, I'm gonna get old 50, I don't think. <laughs> Got baked ribs and turnip greens, ham hocks and butter beans, you and me in New Orleans, and that's what I like about the South. Hey, you were great, Curly. Just great. Ah, it wasn't nothing. Just my usual brilliant performance. <laughs> hey, tell me, Elliot, how many swooners this time? 38. <laughs> they felt like beer bottles at a bricklayer's barbecue. <laughs> Only 38, huh? Next time I'll give them a full charge. Wait a minute, Curly. Hold it. Here comes another one. A blonde. Where? A blonde? Where? Crawling under the piano. <laughs> Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris, I've got to speak to you. I'm Alice Faye. I don't care if you're the ever-popular May Bush. <laughs> Get back in line and wait your turn. Hold it just a minute. This one intrigues me. <laughs> you may come forward, Miss... What did you say your name was? Faye. Alice Faye, I'm a movie star. Tell me, my girl, have you been connected with our entertainment industry for long? Well, I, I just finished starring in Alexander's Ragtime Band. What did I tell you, Curly? A Dixieland outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Harris, I, gee, 
I don't want you to think I'm being fresh or anything, but gosh, there are so few men around like you, and gosh, could I please have a date? Curly. Elliot. <laughs> I'll handle this. Elliot, do I have any free time available? Where did I look at the book? Let me see. Uh, first open date is, uh, here it is, a week from Thursday, from 7 to 8. Okay. Pencil Miss Faye in. <laughs> Bless you, Mr. Harris. You mean for the whole hour? Yes, yes, the whole hour. I happen to be in a very jovial mood. Blondie? Yes? You'd better check with me from day to day. Check with you? Correct. At all times, Mr. Harris reserves the right of cancellation. Mother... Yes, Phyllis? Did Daddy call you at the studio? He did better than that. One day when I was real tired, he even talked me into a date. And did your Uncle Willie ball me out? He was fit to be tied. What can you be thinking of? I could understand you going out with a, a bassoonist or a harpist, but a Drummer. He isn't a drummer, he's a singer. I've heard him sing and he's a drummer. <laughs> and why are we going to his house, pray tell? Now look, look, Willie, we'll be there any second. And if you can't be cordial, at least be polite. Polite? How can you be polite to a southern fried ham hock? <laughs> I tell you, Alice, this is going to ruin your career. But ruin it! <laughs> And did you meet Mom's family? Did I? Did I meet her family? And were they ever nuts about me? I don't know, Curly. If you're going to lower your standards like this and go out with anybody... She ain't anybody. That's what I said, a big blonde nothing. And you're giving her a whole hour. I'll answer the door. Wait until it finishes the phrase. <laughs> that happens to be my theme song. Okay, now open it. <laughs> I don't get it, Curly. You give Greta Garbo and Joan Crawford the brush, but you waste a whole hour with this kid. Will you please open the door? It's criminal. That's what it is. It's criminal. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Is, is he here? Wait a minute. Not so fast. What's this? Oh, oh, this is my brother, William. Good evening, Mr. Lewis. What'd you bring him for? Well, I... Mr. Lewis, I've heard so much about Mr. Harris. I love his beautiful voice. I simply had to grasp this opportunity to meet him. He'll only stay for a minute, please, Mr. Lewis. Please, 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 Mr. Lewis, please. Please, Mr. Lewis. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Curly. Tut, tut. It's okay, Elliot. Let them in. <laughs> you 
may go in, but don't get too close. (laughs) Thank you. Mr. Harris, you'll never know what this means to me. Look, Roy, I can only give you a few minutes. Speak up, please. Let's have it. Come right out. (laughs) Mr. Harris, oh, I I hardly dare ask, but, but could I have your autograph? Autograph? Mr. Fay, how dare you? But, but all I need is his, and, and then I'll have the big three. The big three? Washington, Lincoln, and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. George and Abe. We do make a... Prerogative trio, don't we? <laughs> Will you, Mr. Harris? Please? I'll think about it. Just leave, uh, leave the book there on the table. I'll think about it. Elliot. Yes, sir? Tell the girl she may approach me. <laughs> right. Miss Faye? Yes? You may approach Mr. Harris. And remember... Look, don't touch. I'll remember, Mr. Lewis. Good evening, young lady. What say we spend an idle moment or two perusing the treasures of my library? Oh, Mr. Harris, I've never seen so many books. You are right, my dear. I'm crazy about books, especially green ones. (laughs) I'm nuts about culture. Oh, Mr. Harris... There's one thing I don't understand. What do you see in me? Possibilities, my dear. (laughs) Possibilities. Because you are so wonderful, so marvelous, so gorgeous, so divine. Now you did it, Curly. She's out cold. (laughs) You and your voice. Doggone it, I keep forgetting. Now what are you going to do? Well, you'd better call Greta and Joan. No sense wasting the rest of the hour. I wonder what they're doing out there. Can't take this long to fix a bicycle. Mother, did Daddy propose to you on your first date? No. No, I, I think he waited till our second date. He said a beautiful voice like mine needed a background of sea and sky. So he took me sailing in his boat. Phil? Yes, Alice? You told me you had a boat. Well, what's this, a banana peel? (laughs) You know, they don't make canoes like this anymore. Sassafras bark. Well, it's beautiful, Phil. But then everything's beautiful. It's a beautiful night, a beautiful moon. Hey, Elliot. Yeah, Curly. Could you play us some romantic mood music? Happens to be my business, Curly. (laughs) Alice, Miss Faye. There comes a time in the life of every man when he gives his heart to another. And as the wild waves beat on the rocky shore, it seems... Elliot, can't you play anything better than that? Stop it. 
I can't help it, Curly. Julius keeps splashing water on a banjo. <laughs> Julius, will you cut it out? I gotta keep paddling, don't I? You think this garbage scow is moving by itself? <laughs> Stop splashing water on Elliot's banjo. He can't play. This I grant you. <laughs> He'd make better music if he put the banjo in the lake and let a barracuda nibble on the G-string. <laughs> you keep rowing, you little creep, or I'll flatten your head and use you for a paddle. Music, he calls it. I hide better music when the old man backed into the fuse box. <laughs> Alice, Alice, my dear. Wait till I get tuned up, Curly. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'll try it a cappella. <laughs> Whatever that means. Alice. Yes, Phil. Honey, I, I'm no good at speeches, but will you? No. He didn't ask you, you little thing. <laughs> Julius, Think I... of the future The horrible future Day after day Night after night Nothing but hominy grits Elliot Grits to the right of you Grits to the left of you Volley to thunder Go ahead, Curly Alice Yes, Phil Could you I mean, if I If you Phil Harris Are you proposing to me? <laughs> Hurry up, Curly. He's beginning to bite. Alice. <laughs> Alice, will you marry me? Now that you mention it, uh, I'd be glad to. Hi. There you are, Alice. I guess that takes care of the bicycle. Now we'd better go in and see about breakfast. But, Dad, you haven't finished the story. When did you and Mother become engaged? Oh, well, that came a little later. Would you like to hear about it? Would I? Was it romantic? Was it romantic? Errol Flynn's been using the technique ever since. <laughs> you see, honey, in them days, I had a yacht anchored off Catalina. <laughs> Nothing spectacular, you know, just a simple little 300-footer. <laughs> anyway, one night, I was sitting on the poop deck with your mother. <laughs> and Elliot was playing his guitar. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Naturally, I composed it. <laughs> and the moon. Isn't it beautiful? I can't see it. Elliot. Yes, Admiral? Tell the captain to turn the boat around so I can see the moon. Aye, aye, sir. Right away, sir. And Julius. Yes, master. You've stopped fanning. Forgive me, master, but I forgot myself. I sit here looking at your gorgeous profile and nothing else seems to matter. All right, Julius. When I look at that coily hair, them coily teeth, them eyes that sparkle like two rubies in a setting sun. I said, all right, stop kissing my hand. <laughs> it ain't sanitary. Mr. Harris, me 
beautiful, Mr. Harris. Will you do one little thing for me? Just one little thing. What is it, Julius? First, you have to promise. You'll do one thing for me, won't you? One puny little thing. All right, Julius, I promise. What is it? Marry Miss Faye. Marry Miss Faye? You promise. I'm a witness. But I never said you that said I... You said you'd do anything. And I picked marriage. Oh, Phil will be so happy. We're all so happy. Now I can be close to him always. Trapped. <laughs> and I'm so young. Well, we got the bicycle all fixed, Mom. How are we doing with breakfast? I'm starved. Well, Phil, while you're in a fixing mood, uh, let's go out on the service porch. Honey, can I even have my coffee? It'll only take a second. Phyllis. What did you find out? Nothing. It was all about canoes and Julius and stuff like that. Me too. Only I got a yacht and a fast course if that's what I like about the South. Well, what are you going to do? You got to expect that from parents. You know, honey, life at home is really a breeze since we got our new RCA room air conditioner. Yes, and our wonderful new RCA Victor television radio phonograph combination makes staying at home even more fun. Gosh, it's almost perfect. You know, if those geniuses at RCA would just come up with some way you could twist a dial and bingo, supper's ready. Phil, they have. It's the wonderful new RCA estate range. Just a while ago, I did twist a couple of dials, and supper is ready. There it is, honey. The easiest meal I ever cooked. Wow-wee! Roast chicken, biscuits, baked corn, and apple pie. Say, honey, how'd you manage all this without being in the kitchen? Oh, easy, Phil. The RCA estate range cooks automatically, turns itself off when dinner's ready, and it can grill, bake, barbecue, and also cook on the top burners all at once. How's that for kitchen miracles? Didn't you say it was an RCA estate range, Alice? Yes. Then who's surprised? RCA can do anything. This is Phil again. We're a little late, folks. Thanks, and good night. Good night, everybody. From one of the greatest documentary films of all time comes the memorable music for RCA Victor's new record album, Victory at Sea. Richard Rogers and Robert Russell Bennett have adapted this stirring 13-hour score to give you a long-play album that retains all the wealth and fullness of the original. Also available in condensed form on 45 extended play. As one of the finest works ever produced by an American composer... RCA Victor's Victory at Sea belongs in your record collection. Everyone would like to win $5,000. You'll have your chance next week by tuning in to the Dennis Day television show. Get details of this exciting contest on the Dennis Day show next week. Consult your local program listings for time and station. Phil Harris was transcribed. Here, John Cameron Swayze in the... Say, Don, is the studio filled yet? 
I want to go out and talk to the audience. No, Jack, but they're coming in. Anyway, we've got 15 minutes before the broadcast starts. That's right. Mary, isn't it wonderful how people flock to our program? Yeah. Yeah, I hope they applaud a lot. They will if you untie them. <laughs> oh, stop. Don, let me know when the house is packed, will you? Mr. Mortimer, the sponsor, is coming to the show, and I want everything to go off all right. Okay, Jack. Have your tickets ready, please. This way for the Betty program. Right this way, soldier. Say, Usher, is this the Grape Nuts program? Yes, indeedy. And this is my first week with it. I used to be with Rinso White, Rinso White, happy to watch this song. <laughs> tickets, please. And now you're with Jack Benny, huh? Yes. Grape Nuts Flakes, Grape Nuts Flakes, crunchy little munchie food. <laughs> tickets, please. Hey, Dennis. Dennis, I want to see you. I'm in my dressing room. Just a moment, Mr. Benny. I'm finishing a game of gin rummy. With who? Oh, can't you play it alone? <laughs> well, I'll be... Besides, it's not with who, it's with whom. All right, with whom? Whom, whom on the ring? <laughs> Where the who and the which play with what? <laughs> Tickets, please. Anyway, Dennis, don't you know you can't play gin rummy alone? It's a game for two. But I'm only using half the deck. I don't care. Now, come in here. Okay. Imagine playing gin rummy by himself. Right this way, folks, for the Great Nuts program. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. Once you're in, you can't get out. <laughs> Tickets, please. Come on, butterfly. We want to get seats down in front so Mr. Benny can hear me laughing at his jokes. Okay, Uncle Rochester. Say, how come Mr. Benny gave you a day off today? I ain't off. I gotta laugh. <laughs> Come on, butterfly. Do I have to laugh too, Uncle Rochester? Yes, honey. I'll nudge you with my elbow. Now remember, if it's a little joke, you just giggle. Mm-hmm. And if it's a big joke, you laugh real loud. You know, a guffaw with a crescendo finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but what do I do if it's a kind of a medium joke? You don't tell them that way, honey. They're either good or bad. <laughs> but don't worry. I'll give you the elbow. Here, two seats, right in the second row. Dennis, I'm sorry I broke up your game, but I wanted to talk to you about your first gag on tonight's program. I want to talk to you about that gag, too. I don't understand it. Do I, Mr. Benny? <laughs> well, let's rehearse it anyway. We'll be on the air in a few minutes. Now, you ask, you ask me the question. Okay. <clears throat> Say, Mr. Benny, did you hear about the lumberjack that was always chasing dames? No, Dennis. What about the lumberjack that was always chasing dames? He was sort of a timber wolf. <laughs> well, there you are, kid. I wish I was taller. Those jokes go over my head. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, let me explain it to you. Lumberjack always chasing dames. Lumber timber chasing dames wolf. Timber wolf. Oh! <laughs> See? Oh, now I get it. Your feet hurt from chasing dames. <laughs> well, look, Dennis, when we come to the gag, just tell it and don't worry about it. Okay. Hey, Jackson. Oh, hello, Phil. You know, I was just thinking. Now, if we get a laugh on the program and it runs too long... Yeah. Well, then maybe I can cut the allegro movement of my orchestra number and just leave in the pizzicato for the violins. Yes, yes, you could. And uh, then if we have to, I can fade the last eight measures to pianissimo and then segue maybe to the andante. Well, that's swell, fella, but we'll only do it if we're stuck for time. Say, Jackson. What? Isn't it funny how we fool our audiences and make them think I'm a dumb guy and don't know anything about music? 
Yeah. Well, that's that show business. You know. you know, next week I might even play something classical, you know, just to show the people I can do it. That's a swell idea, Phil. What would you play? Oh, I don't know. Something by Rimsky-Korsakov or Verdi or Schubert or Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway? I had to mention him. He's the guy that taught me how to pronounce Rimsky-Korsakov. <laughs> I should have known you couldn't get past Rimsky without help. Well, see you later, Jackson. Okay. Tickets, please. Tickets for the Betty program. Tickets, please. Just a minute, mister. Yes? You've got to have a ticket. Well, I don't believe I need one. I'm Mr. Mortimer, the sponsor. Oh, come now, chum. You can think of a better one than that. <laughs> but, but it isn't necessary. I really am the sponsor. Look, buddy, all I know is I got a uniform with three pockets. And if they ain't full of tickets at the end of the show, I lose my job. So don't hold up the line, please. Well, I'll just go to the stage door. I'm sure I won't have any trouble there. Good luck, mister. Tickets, tickets, please. Oh, Mary, Mary. Yes, Jack? I want to see you a minute. Will you come into my dressing room? Okay, but you'll have to leave the door open. Oh, don't be silly. Well, what do you want, Jack? Mary, our sponsor, Mr. Mortimer, is in town. He's coming over to catch the show. Be on your toes, will you? Oh, you and your sponsor. With all the money you make on Christmas cards, what are you worried about? <laughs> well, he's one of my best customers. I thought so. Say, Jack, I'm glad you called me in. I'd like to talk to you about that corny gag you want me to do in the first spot. It's awful. What corny gag? The one where you say to me, Say, Mary, since tonight is Halloween, what shall we have for dinner? Uh-huh. Then I say, let's take the inside out of a Frankfurter and have a Halloweeny. <laughs> Mary, we have to do it I gave my butcher two points for that gag <laughs> Anyway, what's corny about it? That's the kind of stuff that made Fred Allen <laughs> You just don't know comedy, that's all If you... Hello? Long distance? Yeah, she's right here It's for you, Mary Plainfield, New Jersey Oh, it's Mama Hmm, fine time to call five minutes before my broadcast. It's all right. She never listens to it anyway. <laughs> hello? Oh, hello, Mama. Well, I'm fine. Gee, it was nice of you to call me all the way from Plainfield. What? You want me to call Papa and tell him dinner's ready? Well, why don't... Oh, you're not speaking to him. <laughs> yes, Mama. Jack had a wonderful trip through Africa. Yes, that's what he's calling himself now, old blood and guts. <laughs> what? What'd you say? <laughs> All right, what's so funny? <laughs> Mama wants to know where you got the blood. <laughs> Tell her I got it all over. Ha, ha, ha. Mama, Jack says he's got it all over. Yeah, I think it does, too. I'm going out. I've had enough of this. Say, Mama. All times to call somebody up. Say, Jack, the house is packed now if you want to go out and talk to the audience. Okay, get Phil and Dennis and tell them to stand by, will you? But, lady, I don't need a pass. I'm Mr. Mortimer. Look, mister, I got a job here watching the stage door and nobody gets in without a pass. I know. <laughs> I know that, but I'm Mr. Benny's sponsor. I don't care if you're a grape nut flake. You gotta have a pass. 
Jack. Jack will be on the air in five minutes. You better get out on stage. Okay. Hey, Uncle Rochester. What is it, Butterfly? Mr. Bedell looks so very old. I think he's tall, cute, and handsome. You look at Mr. Harris, honey. See, his hair is curly. Well, what kind of hair has Mr. Benny got? Mr. Benny's hair is... Uh-oh. I'm in for it. I still got it in my pocket. <laughs> Here it comes now. When I give you the elbow, laugh, honey. Well, well, well. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, folks, we start our broadcast in a few minutes, and before we... I hope I'm not catching cold. Darn that Rochester. And before... <laughs> And before we do, I want to tell you a gag about Halloween that'll kill you. As soon as we go on the air, we'll be spooking on a ghost-to-ghost hookup. <laughs> yes, sir. That's lousy, isn't it, Uncle Rochester? <laughs> it sure is, honey, but here's my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took you a little while. Take a little while to get that gag, but I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> well, folks, in about 20 seconds, we'll be on the air. So just relax. No use all of us being nervous. <laughs> but I'm Mr. Mortimer, and I'm Jack Benny's sponsor. I don't need a pad. I don't care who you are. As long as I'm the janitor, you can't come through the window. <laughs> all right. Nobody admires efficiency more than I do. Stand by, Jack. We're all set. All right, Don. Let's go. The Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Folks wouldn't try to start a furnace without any coal, but I'll bet plenty of you go to work in the morning without stoking up properly yourselves, and that's not the way to do your best morning's work. Nutrition experts say that we need at least one quarter of our day's nourishment at breakfast, and they also say that an adequate breakfast should include a cereal with whole grain nourishment. Well, friends, better make your featured dish tempting, malty-rich grape nuts, for grape nuts do bring you those important whole grain food values. And grape nuts are so delicious, you'll enjoy them more every time. They have a distinctive sweet-as-a-nut flavor and a crisp, crunchy texture that makes them fun to eat. So start your day with a good breakfast, including crisp, malty-rich grape nuts. You get a plus for nourishment and a plus for pleasure, too. Grape nuts are thrifty, plentiful, and not rationed. <laughs>
And now, ladies and gentlemen, since tonight is Halloween, we bring you a man who can't wait till it gets dark so he can ring doorbells, tip over ash cans, and write, I love Jack Benny, all over Bob Hope's house, Jack Benny! Thank you, thank you. Hello again. This is Bob Halloween Hope. To- I mean, Jack Benny talking. Don, I wish you wouldn't get me all mixed up. Anyway, I'm glad I've still got that old Halloween spirit, and I never want to lose it. I don't know. It keeps you youthful, vigorous, and peppy. Isn't that right, Phil? You said it, Jackson. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to have the time of my life bobbing for apples. Bobbing for apples? Well, Phil, isn't that a little too kiddish? When the tub's full of gin. <laughs> Oh, 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 I didn't, oh, 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 wait a minute, Phil, you mean to say, you mean to say, you mean to say you fill the bathtub with gin just for Halloween? No, no, the gin's always there. Tonight we just throw in the apple. Oh, oh, I see. We bob for apples for an hour and then they bob for us. Well, Phil... That wasn't exactly my thought when I brought up the subject of Halloween. You know, I go for nice, clean, wholesome fun. Yeah, like filling a stocking with mud and smacking a guy in the puss with it. <laughs> oh, quiet. There's a lot of fun you can have without getting rough. Oh, by the way, Mary, since tonight is Halloween, uh, what uh, shall we have for dinner? Uh, let's take the inside out of a Frankfurter and have a Halloweenie. <laughs> oh, Livingston, you're a fool, you girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I guess I saved that one <laughs> It wasn't necessary, that joke was all right If ever a gag needed a convoy, that was it <laughs> Well, look, Mary, if you don't like the stuff I give you, write your own material Maybe I should Hmm. And now, folks Hey, Mr. Benny Oh, hello, Dennis Hello Well, I'm all ready for Halloween, I got my stocking full of mud I know, Dennis, but you're not supposed to wear it (laughs) What a kid Oh, by the way, Dennis Is it true that you just got a letter from your cousin Who's a lumberjack? Hmm Oh, boy, here it comes You know, Mr. Benny, that reminds me Did you hear about the lumberjack that was always chasing dames? No, Dennis. What about the lumberjack that was always chasing Dame? He was full of timber. (laughs) What? He doesn't get it, folks. Look, timber, lumber. Dennis, stop wagging your tail and get out of here, will you? And now, and now, folks... Oh, brother. And now, folks, I'd like to announce that next Sunday night we will broadcast from the Marine Corps Air Station in the Mojave Desert, where we will do all of our... Come in. Uh, Mr. Benny, my name is Getz. E.D. Getz. I'm a reporter with International News Service, and I came here to get an interview. Well, well, what's, uh, what's on your mind, Mr. Getz? I'd like to know more about your overseas tour. Where did your trip originate? In Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. Uh, did you leave Washington the same time Mrs. Roosevelt did? Who hasn't? 
Well, I kind of uh, got one in there myself, didn't I? <laughs> uh, did you go direct to North Africa, or did you make stops on the way? Uh, well, Mr. Getz, uh, I went to Miami, Florida first, where we stopped for about three hours. Then we went on to Puerto Rico. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey, my elbow slipped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes, Mr. Getz. And then uh, we went... The names they have here, Mr. Getz. We went from, uh, we went from Puerto Rico... We went from Puerto Rico to South America. South America? Well, uh, what countries did you visit there? Well, I was in Colombia, Venezuela, Paraguay. Trinidad? Trinidad, yes. Were you in Brazil? What did you say, mister? <laughs> I said, were you in Brazil? Was I in Brazil? Let me tell you a story, Mr. Getz. <laughs> Come closer. <laughs> This will be interesting. Very interesting. Brazil, south of the equator. Come with me, Mr. Getz, and I will take you to a picturesque little village. Warm, tropical, serene, where you will meet a friend of mine, a provincial fellow steeped in the tradition of this peaceful village. I think you will like him. His name is Manuel. Si, si, Senor Getz. <laughs> you are very fortunate you have met me before siesta time. Now we are alive and busy. Oh, you mean you're Peppy? <laughs> no, no. Last Sunday I was Peppy. <laughs> Today I am Manuel. <laughs> anyway, Senor, uh, soon will be siesta time. I will show you how everybody sleep in the sun. <laughs> everybody here lazy, lazy, lazy. Well, uh, what about the natives? Don't they work? Work? What means this word work? Well, uh, work is when you get up early in the morning and... No, uh, no. You jump out of bed no, and... No, 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 no. You throw on your clothes, gulp down your breakfast, rush to the no, office No, and... no, no, no. And for eight long hours, you work No, and do work not tell me more. It is a bad word. <laughs> I think I wash my mouth with soap. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, senor. I lose my temper. But here, life is so easy. Everybody sleep. Everybody lazy, lazy. <laughs> you know, Manuel, I... Oh, oh, pardon me. Uh, for what, senor? Oh, I, I just yawned. Oh, it is you who must pardon me, senor. I forgot to say gesundheit. <laughs> Please forgive. Oh, but you only say gesundheit when one sneezes. <laughs> Here, nobody sneezes. Everybody lazy, lazy. <laughs> lazy. Oh, hello, Pedro. That senor was my best friend, Pedro. Well, why didn't he say hello to you? Oh, he, he say hello to me yesterday. Today is my turn. <laughs> come, senor, I take you to marketplace. Here come my wife on mule. She is on her way home. I better wake her up and tell her she is here. She lazy, lazy. Oh, Maria. 
<laughs> Look, I wake up mule, too. <laughs> Maria, this is my friend, uh, Senor Gad. How do you do, Senora? What does that mean? I, I do not know. She writes her own material. <laughs> you know, Mr. Getz, I must tell you, last week I called my wife, I call her my little cobra. Then I say Claudette Cobra. <laughs> I make what you call ad lib, you know. You know, I ad lib like Senor Eddie Cantor, you know. He got five. He no lazy names. <laughs> he, he ad lib, ad lib. <laughs> oh, look, here, here come my boy, Deniso. Deniso, I want you to meet my good friend, uh, Senor Gad. Hello, Deniso. She, she. You know, Senor, Deniso, very funny boy. Deniso, tell Senor joke about your cousin Rodrigo. <laughs> this is very funny. Go ahead, Deniso. She, she. Tell him, tell him, Joe. My cousin Rodrigo, he is a tree surgeon, and now business, it is so good, he is branching out. <laughs> <laughs> You understand, senor, he has cousin tree surgeon who is branching out tree branch wood. Is that not right, Deniso? Si, si, lumber. <laughs> senor, it is hard to believe, Deniso, he has such a beautiful voice in his head. Deniso, sing for my good friend. Si, si. Listen, listen, senor, he's going to sing. Brazil, you Brazil, Brasilero, you Malatonzoniero, who can part and us muse verso. Where the songs are passionate, and a smile has flash in it, and a kiss has art in it, for you put your heart in it. And so I dream of old Brazil Where hearts were entertaining June We stood beneath an amber moon And softly murmured someday soon We kissed and clung together then tomorrow was another day A morning found me miles away With still a million things to say Now when twilight dims the sky above Recalling thrills of our there's one thing I'm certain of Return I will to old Brazil How Very good, how 
how you like that, Senor Gay. Oh, very good. You know, Senor, sometime when he sing, I also play the violin. I think I will play. Come back, Senor Gay. I will show you. I will show you. When I play my violin, everybody on the street, they don't sleep, they join in and sing. Uh, Maria, get off a mule. You are sitting on my violin. Listen, senor, you will hear beautiful music. Grape nuts flakes, good to munch on grape nuts flakes. For your munch on grape nuts flakes, try a bunch of root grape nuts flakes, nice and crunchy too. <laughs> My violin, she had leaves. <laughs> grape nuts flakes, for a new delight, grape nuts flakes, morning, noon, or night. So delish, grape nuts flakes makes a tasty dish. Grape nuts flakes rise in calories. Grape nuts flakes pays our salaries. Grape nuts flakes they prescribe for it. Grape nuts flakes please apply for it. Grape nuts flakes Jack would die for it. Grape nuts. <laughs> you like that, senor? Oh, very much. You're a great violinist. Thank you, senor. You know, when I was a little boy, I first learned to play... What is that? Well, it sounds like a telephone bell. Oh, that's impossible. We have no telephone. But I answer it anyway. <laughs> Hello? Si, si. You are where, senor Mortimer? That is my sponsor. He is calling from the El Schwab drugstore. <laughs> he no, he no come to the broadcast. He lazy, lazy. <laughs> what you say? Oh, I'm sorry, Senor Mortimer. You could not get into the broadcast. Maybe it is for the best. No, there were not many laughs. No, 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 Senor. The jokes they were very good. But the audience, they were lazy, lazy, <laughs> lazy people. <laughs> Goodbye, senor. <laughs> he nice man, my sponsor. If he not too lazy, maybe he pick up my option. <laughs> Come, senor guest, I take you to my house. We can rest up before we go to sleep. <laughs> Friends, right now our country is up against a serious paper shortage, and there are three things that you can do to help. Sell your supply of waste paper to a junk dealer, donate it to some local charity, or see your local salvage committee about having it collected. And here's what you can do to help save precious paper right at the source. Buy as many foods as possible in large-sized packages instead of the smaller ones, because it takes less paper per pound of product to pack in the larger sizes. 
And as you know, you do yourself a favor, too, by getting Grape Nuts Flakes in the large size package. You save up to 14 cents on every dollar spent when you buy Grape Nuts Flakes regularly in the large package instead of the smaller one. And you do your family a favor every time you treat them to Grape Nuts Flakes. That crisp, toasty texture, that sweet as a nut flavor just plain hits the spot. So ask your grocer for Grape Nuts Flakes in the big 12-ounce economy size package. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight the Hollywood Canteen is celebrating its first anniversary. It has been a year in which the entertainment industries have tried to supply our servicemen with food, friendship, and fun. It is the least we can do for those who are doing the most. Say, Mary, you want to go with me? I have to go over and rehearse with Burns and Allen. I'm going to be on their program. You are? Yeah, you see, I know. I know, lazy, lazy. No, you're a lot... Never mind, never mind. Good night. <laughs> Good night. For a hot cereal treat you'll really go for, make it Grape Nuts Wheat Meal, hot member of the Grape Nuts family. Grape Nuts Wheat Meal is luscious with roasted wheat flavor with a distinctive texture that's smooth but full-bodied and substantial. It cooks to perfection in three minutes flat. And hot Grape Nuts Wheat Meal is a rich brown whole grain cereal, so it's packed with wonderful nourishment. Try rich, hot Grape Nuts Wheat Meal. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>